0: Pasture. I hope everybody is doing well. Actually, I hope everybody's doing better than well. Boy, what times we're living in these days, isn't it? If it's not one thing, it's another. I mean, look at all around, you know. But isn't it wonderful to know that we have a friend in Jesus Christ? Isn't it wonderful to know that we're not left as orphans? Jesus said, I have not left you as orphans. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful that we could reach out in prayer to him in times of trouble, not just when everything's good, but that we know that we have a friend that we can count on a real friend. And that's what I want to talk to you today about because I just really got such a revelation from the, from the Lord himself in my heart of what a wonderful friend Jesus is indeed. And before I get started, I just want to welcome all of you that are uh, here today, all of you who are returning, visit, returning, uh, always here at the Low Green Pasture, um, maybe I can call you members of it, uh, those of you who are stopping by, I'm so glad you're here, and I pray that you will truly be blessed, and uh, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to let living waters flow forth, okay? Father in heaven, I thank you so much. For another day, another wonderful privilege, Lord, though a thousand are falling at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, Lord, they're not coming near me. They're not coming near your people, Lord, because we have made the most high, as David said, his habitation, that Lord, we can make you our habitation. And Jesus, I honor you with this message I don't know everything I'm going to say, Lord, but I, I like John the Baptist said, I, I decrease that you will increase. And I pray you reveal, Father, reveal your son to all the hungering hearts, for those that are searching, for those that are thirsty. Lord, I now commit this word unto you and to the glory of your name now and forevermore, in Jesus' name, amen. So, anyways, as you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life, but I just want to be here today, and I want to talk to you about what a good friend Jesus really is. And, you know, today I saw a scripture that says, as I was thinking about talking to you guys about what a wonderful friend Jesus is, is I saw that scripture in Matthew 24, 45, and it says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his own household to give them meat in due season? And, you know, I just looked at that verse and I know what that verse is in context with. And I'm not doing a a Bible, uh, you know, uh, an exegesis on his word. But I just want to look at that, you know, because the word does speak to us in times that we need to hear from him. And you know when he's speaking to you when he illuminates a passage and your eyes are just the lock on it and and there's there's power there this this life and you can feel it inside of you and you know you know no one can take it away from you and you know that that is God encouraging you, giving you comfort when you least expect it. So when I saw that part, it says, To give them meat in due season. So it says, Who is that faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his own household? You know, the owner of that storehouse is the one in charge. And he knows everything that I don't know. He knows everything you don't know. And therefore, it's he that chooses the food for each one. For you, for me. Because he knows each one of us so personally. He knows just what you need to hear what I need to hear in the moment. And so I look at that as his servant and that mine is just a pass on what I receive from him, you know, and often I, I have found that which has fed my soul many times has fed another. So, That has happened to me where other people have heard something from Jesus. They've received something, some inspiration, an influence, a strong word, a dream, a vision for themselves. But yet when they spoke it to me, the Lord magnified it in me. And it was just what I needed to hear. So there are many of you and all your, your different ages and you have all different needs and so on. So... Some, maybe what I feed you will feed some and maybe not others. You know, I, it's like, I, I it's like this, um, it's like an archer. An archer doesn't take a hundred bullets. I mean, a hundred bullets, a hundred arrows and shoots one target with a bunch of arrows. He knows just where to shoot. And if any arrow finds its target, then amen. You know, it was about a week ago, maybe, maybe less, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's the message that I'm here to give you that I, you know, I've been really in the grind, you know, and maybe you have been too. I would probably think you are. And, you know, I've just got so much to so many decisions to make so many things to do that are serious and critical and all these things and, and emotional and, And I, it was like day in and day out of things I was taking care of. And I had one day to just stop and rest. And I was like, trying to get caught up on things around the house. And so I was like washing dishes. And that's kind of one of my favorite things to do because I have this window that looks out and I see all the trees and palm trees and bougainvillea and Spanish tile roofs. And I just see all this beauty and I just hear birds. And it just, for those few minutes while I'm washing dishes, I just, I get quiet. And right as I, I was just calmly washing dishes, I heard this word inside of me. It just came in through my mind. It said, For Abraham staggered not at the promises of God with unbelief, but was strong in the Lord, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Therefore, it became, you know, it, it was it, uh, it became unto him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Now that came into my mind, and it wasn't that I just heard a word like my own voice talking, but when the Lord speaks, it echoes. It's an echo from heaven, and I heard it clearly. And it doesn't just—it's not just words I was hearing. It came with depth of perception and understanding. In that moment, it was after, as the Lord just ripped open my understanding. And great light shone in. And he was literally saying to me, I am your friend. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. And I understood that what that meant with him saying I'm your friend meant it's all taken care of. I I understood that when he said that word to me. Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. And I thought about those words staggered. And I thought the only time we stagger is when we are in the dark is when we don't know where our next footstep is going. We don't know where our what is going to happen in the next minute. None of us knows, right? But it doesn't, the Lord say, doesn't it say in some, Psalm, Psalm 119 at 105, it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And, all day long, literally all day long, because that was in the morning I heard that. And all day long, I kept hearing all day long about how it says in James 2.23, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And I think to myself, you know, a lot of us, we look at those um, ancient uh people that the Lord used. And I thought they were no different than you and me. They were just alive at a different time. God chooses whom he will. I don't know why he chooses that person and chooses that person. And, but he doesn't, but there's, we we have to, I think what happens is there's so many years of antiquity between us and Abraham that we look at him. Yes. He's a patriarch. Yes. Out of him. Came the 12 tribes of Israel. Yes, out of him came Jesus. Yes, out of him there's an Abrahamic covenant. I could say 10,000 other yeses, I feel like. But you see, we are the children of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. And we are of the household of faith. And so I kept hearing all day long about Jesus being his friend, about Jesus saying to me, like he was telling me that Abraham was the friend of God. You know, you can have a friend, but there's always going to be the friend, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of people I know, and I love them. I love them dearly. And you know, There's a lot of people you know, and maybe there isn't a lot of people you know, but there's always the one. But even that one, there is greater than that one. There's the greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. In Genesis 15, 5 through 7, um, It says that God, it says, and he brought him forth abroad, speaking of Abraham. And he was sleeping at night and God spoke to him. And he said, "Uh, Abraham, Abraham, I've become thine exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, what will you give me seeing I go childless? He already had everything he wanted. He had everything. The great king wanted to give him some rewards. And he said, nah. Nah. You don't, you can't give me what I want. And a great miracle happened. And God said, go forth abroad and look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give this land to inherit it. You know, it has not Christ brought us out of Satan's kingdom to inherit glory. Because it's true. You're born again. He brought you out. He paid your sin debt in full. He's your friend. Don't just be a friend to God. Be the friend of God. He's the friend of God that sticketh closer than a brother. You know, when it says the friend that sticketh closer than a brother, I believe that's Proverbs seventeen seventeen. That, that means no matter what, you can't get rid of them. <laughs> I hate to put it that way, but haven't you ever had a friend that goes, I don't care. You can scream at me. You can yell at me. You can throw things at me, but I love you. And I'm not going, I'm sticking with you. I mean, look at David and, and Jonathan, Remember even, I mean, it says that they became, in a sense, I mean, they just, they, they clave to each other in friendship. It says their love was greater than that of women. I mean, it surpassed the love of women, meaning it had nothing to do with anything like that. But it was such a divine love that God had put in their hearts for one another. And God gave us this divine love to love Jesus back with. And not just to get things from him, but to love him and to say, Um, Lord, thank you for the things you've given me. But what if we don't get what we want? Like I was talking about John the Baptist. Yes, John the Baptist, he was a burning and a shining light. But his light dimmed in that prison, no matter how great he was. And Jesus did not open his prison doors. He just said, you go tell John what you see and hear. The lame walk, the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised to life, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. In other words, Jesus was saying, giving a message deeper than that, deeper, that I believe John the Baptist heard. That was meant only for his ears. In other words, Jesus was giving him kind of a coded message, I think, when he said, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And I believe light shone in that prison, just like the light shone in the prison where Peter was in Acts chapter 12, where the angel came and smote him on his arm and said, get up, put your cloak on, get your sandals and let him out of the prison cell. But I believe that bright and shining light, as Jesus said, for he was a bright and a burning and a shining light. I believe that burning and shining light reignited in that prison cell. And he knew that was enough and that he was not offended ever again. And that blazing star is in the firmament with Christ. Still blazing, still blazing in another country. You know, it says he believed the Lord. You know, isn't it something? It says, and he believed the Lord, something impossible. He is the God of the impossible. He says there's nothing too hard for him to do. He has proven to be our friend, not just in the words that are spoken here. Some people will never read the word. There's people in heavenly history and the kingdom of heaven right now in heaven. They never owned a Bible. They never read the wonderful words that we read. But it was enough that somebody said to them, there is a God who loves you and his name is Jesus Christ. He's our friend. You know, it says in Genesis eighteen seventeen through 19, He said, and the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the earth shall be blessed in him, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. You know, the Lord says, I know him. I, I know all about him. I, I know how he conducts his life. I see him. I know him. I know how He uh, his character. Um, I know his every thoughts. I'm, I have these piercing eyes. I know him. And you know, Jesus knows you. And he sees through everything. And maybe you might even be offended in God right now. But he says to you, blessed are you. Because he knows really that you're not offended with him. And he knows that you're having a hard time. You know, I love what it says in Isaiah 41.8. But thou Israel art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Look at how God continues through his word, through the Old and New Testament to reiterate Abraham, my friend. So he's not the, just the friend of God. He makes it even more personal. He's my friend. Can you see that right now? Can you see? Can you understand what it must mean? How much greater it means when God can say to you, whatever your name is, and calls you my friend. I just I just got such a revelation of what it means that I'm God's friend. You know, it says in 2 Chronicles 27, are not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave us it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. So now there's a witness of it. Now there's people saying, um, uh, the writer of Chronicles says, and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. So you see, there's people that are going to know that you're not just a church goer. You're not just a scripture machine where you just rip off, rip out a bunch of scriptures and, but you don't even know him. You don't walk with him. You don't talk with him by the wayside. You know, like in numbers, it says that the law is to be written and posted on your door. Um, and a uh, mezuzah, it's those things that you put on your doorpost that you touch it you're supposed to kiss it that's if you're practicing orthodox uh, practicing jew but it says in the book of numbers chapter 6 that you're to teach your children uh the law and all those things about the lord and and you are to talk with them when they you know by the wayside when they rise up in the morning and all these things it's like what we are doing is we're knowing a real person and not just knowing God. Like, yeah, I know God. Yeah, he's in heaven. It's like, no, I know him. I know him. I, I I may know him to the degree that I know him and the ways that I've walked in Christ, but he knows me. Because every day of my life and the mundane things that I'm doing each day of my life, the hard things, the mundane, the boring things, the excruciating things. The tearful things. i am i am a I'm a hundred percent aware every second that I am no further away from Christ than him living within me and being a partaker. That's where I believe what Wyatt says. David says thou tellest all of my wanderings. Thou puttest my tears into thy bottle. Are they not written in thy book? you know there there is he's he lives he's just not near us he lives within us by a spirit his holiness surrounds us it says they that trust in the lord mercy shall surround them you know i love what it says in psalm 32 it says i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, come and magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. Uh, um, And I believe it goes on to say, um, uh, King David was talking about how he sought the Lord and he he cried to the Lord and he was delivered from all his fears, you know, and it's like, if you're, if you're really, really um, walking in the light of God's truth, that doesn't mean I'm not talking about some external acrobatic life. You know how you're alive right now? You're moving, you live and move and have as being. That's what it says in the word about you. Just like I live and move and have as being. And we're no more of this world any more than he's of this world. But we're on our way. We're on our way. And when Jesus spoke those words to my heart. In other words, he was telling me, don't stagger at any of my promises through unbelief. But be strong in faith. Giving glory to me. I believe that's exactly how God was saying it in my heart. For he who promised is faithful. You know, we're not to cast away our confidence, which hath great reward. And it's called the kingdom of patience of God. You know, it says about Abraham in the epistle to the Hebrews. If you remember, it traces up to his faith, all the chief points in his life, his life. It says, by faith, he went out from the land where he dwelt. By faith he dwelt in tabernacles in the promised land, believing that it should be his and his seeds. By faith he offered up his son on the altar. You see, Abraham's act was not just one of obedience, but of faith. You see, he was the friend in an active sense, the lover of God, in reference to his works, and in a passive sense, loved by God in reference to his justification by works. And both senses are united in John chapters 15, uh, 14, verse 15. You know, Jesus says now to you and me, henceforth in in John 15, 15 through 16, let's just read it. He says, henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. See, there's, there's such a reciprocation. I want to talk about it. At first, friends trust and love one another. Friends have frank, familiar interaction with each other and friends delight to meet each other's wishes or things they know maybe they're not asking for something but you know what they like or maybe we can be friends to those who actually don't like us i mean what does it gain right if we're just nice to those but what if we be if we're truly his friends then we're going to do those things remember jesus says, why do you say unto me lord lord but not do not do those things which i have told you it's almost like go away in a different sense, leave your gift at the altar, go be reconciled with that with your friend, and then come back again and get an offer your offering. You see, God is not interested in any of our offerings. You see, people are afraid again. I spoke about this before. People are afraid of that word of obey. But you know what? Obey is really a wonderful word because. It shows that your heart is involved in it because if you're obeying like, okay, I will, or you're obeying cause you're like, you're, you're ready on a dime. You're spring loaded. You're looking for ways to obey. You're not waiting to be told, go do this and go do that. You're living in a life of obedience. You're doing everything. I don't care if you're folding towels. I don't care if you're bathing your children. I don't care if you're cooking a meal, if you're at work, and you're in meetings all day long, or you're working here, you're working there, you're doing this, you're doing that, or you're not working at all. And you are in a, you're here, you're there, you're anywhere your life is at, you're alive. And you know, this morning I was listening to a video, somebody sent me a video and it was a sad video, but it was so powerful to me. And It was this homeless young man and he was sitting in his car and he looked so exhausted and you could just see deep into his eyes. You know, the eyes really are a pool of water. You can just see into that pool of water, you know, and you could just see the sadness. And he was a clean cut young man. And he just started off by saying, Jesus, I come to you and I thank you. And he just said this beautiful prayer and he was so broken and he was talking about how He was homeless again and how, you know, he just spoke about Christ and that he was trusting in the Lord. And, you know, I thought to myself, that young man is giving more out of his soul, like the woman who was crying on the feet of Jesus. He said, Simon, you know, not Simon Peter, but the Pharisee. He said, Simon, when I came into your house, he goes, you didn't you didn't kiss, you didn't give me, you didn't anoint my head with oil, you didn't do any of that stuff. He said, You didn't even wash my feet with water. But the moment that, that this woman has come in, she has not ceased to wash my feet with her tears. You see, she wasn't doing something for Christ because somewhere it was written, You need to do this when you see it. You have a life within you that is compelled. To go and love. You have you are compelled to encourage. You are compelled. You're impelled. It's something greater than being compelled. You want to help people. You want to lift up the needy. You want to support the weak. You want to run to help somebody who's dropped something. You want to you want to love because this is this is the life that for the new creation and so you see obedience is not what you think it's a life that is surrendered to jesus christ because he surrendered over his life for you you see that friendship that's reciprocal let's keep going you know in that very connection jesus put two thoughts of friendship with together with him in one breath he said you are my friends if you do whatsoever i command you And in the next, he said, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. You know what this is? This is a conformity of will. So that there is but one will in the two hearts, which is the very consummation of your relationship, of your friendship with God. The human friendship and love applies as truly to the friendship between man and God. I'll tell you something. I cannot tell you how grateful I am. That I we have Jesus as our friend. I, I am gay, I am gaining ground on knowing him as a friend. Not just that I'm reading it with ink on white paper, but I'm experiencing it in the new birth, in the new life that's growing deeper and deeper. It's wonderful. You know, friends give gifts to each other. Remember, it says it says that Abraham offered up his son Isaac. Um to, to the Lord. We know that. And it says, remember God said to him for as much as he has not withheld his only son from me. Now I know that he fears me. Now some people think, well, I think God doesn't know all things because of that. That's not what it means. God is all knowing. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He knows the pat. He knows everything and the beyond. Um, In other words, now I know him. Now we have a relationship. Now I know. Now I know. Um, So, in, I suppose if I'm just going to be very careful, what does God give us, His friends? He that spared not His own Son, but freely delivered Him up to us all, uh, delivered Him up to the death for us all. How shall He not? How shall not He? we with him not also freely give us all things. Did I say that right? (laughs) How shall not uh, he with him, how shall not he freely give us all things? See, whatever you give to the Lord, he gives back. He's not some bottomless pit. He's not a scorekeeper. He wants you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to encourage you just like he just like he took care of Isaiah in the cave and he sent his angels ministering spirits. Just like those angels were sent to strengthen Jesus Christ when he was in the garden. And just like when I'm sure he was surrounded all the time by them from place to place. Look at Daniel. Look at all these things and all these big greats we call them. But you want to know what? the lord loves you just as much as he loves them and he they they had hard lives let me tell you something i noticed this i was reading one day and i was thinking about how god how everybody that has ever ever loved ever loved who was ever chosen by god were cast out of their homes abraham Look at, first of all, Abraham was cast out of his home. Leave your home. Get thee out of thy country and of thy kindred unto the mountain of where I will show you. And I will speak to you when you get there. Look at um, David. He was cast out of his family. He was, I mean, I can go down the line. I mean, look at Jesus. He wasn't accepted by his family. Um, everybody that I could think about right now, i I had it all in my head a second ago, but I don't want to go there because that's like a rabbit trail. But you know something? Everybody that truly serves and loves the Lord, you know, remember, remember, you know how it says? He loves us. We love him because he first loves us. It says that. But it also, he also says, calls us friends first. But we're only his friends if we do what he tells us. And also it says too in Acts 5.32. We are his witnesses. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given unto them that obey him. So we have to really, you have to ask yourself this question. Are you really his friend? Can he say of you, Susan, you're my friend. John, you're my friend. Jan, you are my friend. Hillary, you're my friend. I I have all these names in my mind of people I love. Can he say that of you? Are you his friend? So, you know, if you, if you, so Abraham's gift of his son to God was really, I guess in a sense, kind of a feeble shadow of God's gift of his son to man. And if the surrender on our part of the, of the human friendship that we give him, uh, then what is it going to be in eternity? Because this is such a short time that we're here. And if we are really his friends, surely the surrender on the part of our heavenly friend, Jesus Christ, is no less the infallible sign of his love to you and to me. So if you generalize these thoughts, they, they most certainly, I think, come to this. If we are God's friends, God will give us himself insofar as we can receive it and all the other gifts in so far as they are good and needful. And if we are God's friends, even as lovers, we shall give Him in glad surrender all of ourselves. And that happens in degrees through your life. I speak to you, young men. <laughs> I speak to you, young women. Sometimes it, it just takes time. Lastly, I want to say this friends stand up for each other. Remember when God said, Abraham, I am. Thy, thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. You know, God said that to Abraham, his friend, when he was in danger from the vengeance of those Eastern kings whom he had defeated. And all through life, that same strong arm was always cast around Abraham. On his part, he had to stand up for God in the midst of his heathen neighbors. And if we are God's friends and his lovers, he will take up our cause. And so just be sure that if God is for us, it's not going to matter who's against us. It isn't. If we are God's friends, we have to take up his cause. You know, I I was looking at Matthew 9 today, and I'm going to wrap this up because I'm trying to keep my video short. I was in Matthew 9 today, and I saw this verse. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And then later on, the story keeps mounting and growing. And so I say right here, Matthew 9, 9, Jesus sees a man, right? It says he saw a man. But in Matthew 9, 8, a certain man sees Jesus. And that's Jairus. It says, while he spake these things unto them, Behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And I thought, what a play on words. Because on one hand, Jesus sees Matthew, and he says to him, Follow me. And Matthew arose and followed him. Jairus says, come to my house, come. And Jesus arose and followed him. That's what it says. What a friend. I just want to stop right there. Just think about that. Can you picture that? Can you just see J. Iris in the crowd watching the man being let man that was paralyzed from the waist down probably was with all those Pharisees. Remember the four let down Matthew nine is about when the paralyzed man who was born by four and Jesus seeing their faith. He didn't say he saw the faith of that man in that bed, but the man that was carried in that bed was the same man that carried the bed. And it didn't say he had faith. What a friend. What a friend. He saw their faith, but he saw the man. And he sees you. And I can just see J. Iris with the Pharisees just watching. And I can see J. Iris following him around from a distance until one day something happened in his life that was the sledgehammer behind the knees. And all he was before, that religious leader, Jairus, that religious big shot, became the same thing as blind Bartimaeus, that sturdy beggar whom Jesus also was a very good friend to. And that same Jesus is your friend. And he's he wants you to know that today. And being that he's your friend, don't stagger at any of the promises of God through unbelief. He'll sh- just believe, trust him, because blessed are they that trust in the lord blessed are they who are not offended in him and blessed are they who love him and call him call him their friend make sure he knows you and that he knows you to be